Jason's alive. He killed my friend, now he's coming for me. He's got a death curse. Jason's a legend. I'm Mrs. Warrior, an old friend of the Christie's. Jason belongs in hell. You're joining me if you stay here. Never come back again. You see, Jason was away Sunday, and today is his birthday. Good evening and welcome to another episode of Return to Camp Blood. I am your host, Nathan Barker, and joining me tonight is the Lando. Greetings and salutations. All right. Now for tonight's episode. This week, there are milestone dates coming up for Friday fans. Monday, August 13th, that means the 25th anniversary of Jason Goes to Hell. And along with that is the... 36th anniversary of one of our favorites, Friday the 13th, Part 3, 3D, sharing an anniversary date. And midweek, a couple days later, August 15th, will mark the 15th anniversary of Freddy versus Jason. So big week for anniversaries uh, for Friday fans, definitely. So for tonight's episode, we will be shining the light on Freddy versus Jason and Jason Goes to Hell, since they both have notable anniversaries of 15 and 25 years, respectively. So first, I would just like to kick things off with Freddy versus Jason. Now, this particular film will always be right up there for me, and that is for a couple of reasons. Now, I'm in my mid-30s, and I was 21 when this movie hit the theaters. So for those listeners out there who are older and actually got to enjoy all the Friday madness in the 80s, year after year, getting all these films dropped, all the advertisements, posters, all the VHS video store stuff, all the great promotional stuff in the 80s. See, I I didn't get to see any of that. So getting a Friday film as a young adult was definitely a big deal to me. And now I know we got Jason X a couple of years back, but that's a totally fucking different monster. So yeah, uh, totally different. So this was a, this was definitely a big deal for me. And of course it features my two favorite slashers, the Kings of the eighties, Freddie and Jason. And now it's like, wow, 15 years old already. And I was just looking through some pictures the other day and it just seems like yesterday that I was in Indianapolis at the, I guess you'd call it official 10 year reunion mask fest indianapolis uh 2013 and now another five years has passed it's like holy shit and it just makes you really realize how time flies and i know lando you're a little bit older than i am but what was going on with you 15 years ago when this film dropped and do you recall seeing it in the theater yeah uh it was it was probably at that point my most you know satisfactory uh experience in the theater with Friday the 13th the only other film I mean the fact that I am a little bit older all the times I'd ever seen any Friday the 13th films as much as I loved them growing up it was always on VHS whatever the case may be renting them I hadn't gone to the theater to see any the first one I saw in the theater was Jason X which I've come to appreciate you know as like popcorn good time movie you know just like laughing at the B movie um but Freddy versus Jason I was very excited about it I I went to go see it with my sister I mean we both love uh you know these films and just love movies in general and there weren't really weren't that many people in i think we you know we didn't go to it opening night i think it was sometime during a, a weekday and there really weren't that many people in there we went to like a late show and uh so you know just sitting there and really in a way it was almost like our own mystery science theater 3000 kind of situation you know we we're just making comments and little 
sarcastic remarks and we're just sitting there laughing, especially, you know, I'm thinking of the, the rave scene, you know, only you can prevent forest fires and we're just sitting there laughing about it. And so it was a very positive experience. You know, it was just something it's just like you get, you get Jason, you get Freddie, you're in the theater. I'm sitting there with somebody that I get along with really well. So it was, it was a very positive experience all the way around. I think, you know, I feel the same way you do. Yeah. And thinking back and it's, it's been 15 years and that's not a, a super long amount of time by any means, but I can't really remember if I seen it on opening night. I just remember at that time, of course, I'm in college and it's right around the time like school starting and people are moving in and out of dorms and houses and all that. And I don't remember if I got the chance to see it on opening night, but I, if, if I didn't, it was probably like within a day. Um, I just really can't remember, but I do remember uh, all the all the awesome advertising and it was great to see the the numerous different posters and the one sheets and I remember seeing the uh, the, the heavyweight fight weigh in uh, that was a pretty big <laughs> deal I thought that was pretty entertaining yeah. and uh, of course I have an original one uh, one sheet of the double sided I have it actually framed hanging up right here in the studio that's uh, got a lot of cast signatures on it over the years so I was actually able to hold on to several of the original posters so. Uh, I appreciated that because I definitely remember as a kid in the eighties being in the video stores and seeing all the, the Friday stuff. Of course I was young, so I really didn't know what Jason was all about or Friday the 13th was all about. I just knew the hockey mask and I knew seeing all the, the plethora of movies that had been out by that time. And it's funny, we're going to be talking about Jason goes to hell here in a minute because that's the, the cover art that really stands out to me from a kid was mm -hmm. the chrome skull and the fire on the poster and stuff. And that's the one that I really vividly remember. So it's kind of, kind of funny that we're talking about both of these at the same time. So yeah, I just, I thought they promoted it great back then. I really, really anticipated it because like I said, outside of Jason X, which I'm not really going to count that as a great theater experience for Friday fans. I'm not a super fan of that movie by any means. Uh, uh, it is what it is as far as that goes, but with Freddy versus Jason, I mean, come on. It's like, we're getting, you know, something that's been in the works, obviously at the end of uh, Jason goes to hell, when we see Freddy's glove come up and pull the mask down, it kind of sets it up for the film. So, yeah, I mean, I just was kind of curious what you had going on at, at that time when the movie dropped, if it was something that you recalled. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, it was something that, uh, I mean, I remember I enjoyed it at the time. I, I thought, eh, you know, it could have been better. Um, at, at the time I thought that, and then I went back and, uh, you know, watched it again. I said, oh, it's not that bad. And then the last time I had seen it actually up until recently, when I watched it again to prepare for, for this show, um, you know, I thought I watched it with a buddy of mine and I said, yeah, it's just, you know, it's just a good time. I mean, you just, you just sit and watch it. Now this last time I watched it, it wasn't quite the same. You know, I had some, some things popped up that, I mean, I, I, mean, I probably, you know, re realized before, but it had been so long since I seen it. I, I, I hadn't thought of it very consciously, but I mean, overall, I mean, it's, it's just a sentiment that I have, however people may feel about this film, as far as the quality or whatever the case may be, I'm very happy that this, this film exists. So, I mean, that's really overall that that's my take on it. Yeah, me too. And like I said, I was really anticipating the film and the first couple of times I watched it, I remember thinking, Oh, you know, this is fucking awesome. And then I think that, not that this is a bad film by any means, but I think that all the things that I've had a problem with over the years, I kind of let, um, I guess, uh, since it was that one film that I got to enjoy as 
as I became an adult, I think I let that mask or band-aid the issues that I had and just kind of brushed them off. And now that I get older, each time that I watch it, the things that I have a problem with really start to stand out more, uh, yeah. you know, like a, like a, like a sore thumb. So, and I guess the, the two main things, and then I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you kind of fill in what your thoughts are as far as that goes. But the, the two things that I'll just throw out there to start with are what I will call the Ronnie Hughes and the Ronnie Hughes, I think are very, if we just call them that, call them the, the Ronnie U issues. And obviously Jason uh, does not move like the Kane Hodder heavy breathing Jason that we've seen or anything like the CJ Graham, Jason, it's the Frankenstein style that a lot of people will refer it to. And it's something that we had not seen before. So you kind of have to look at it objectively and it either works for you or it doesn't. But uh, so there were some other issues with that. And obviously Ronnie, you was not a good choice to direct this film for somebody that had never even watched Friday the 13th in general. Why are you going to let him direct it? But anyway, the Ronnie use, which are several issues throughout that film. But then again, I walked away from it thinking that this was more like a nightmare on Elm street film that just features Jason Voorhees. So I don't know what your thoughts are on those two things. No, I agree with them completely. I really do. Uh, it, on this show, we've touched on it numerous times in the past that uh, continuity, excuse me, continuity has always been an issue uh, with Friday the 13th. I mean, that's certainly nothing new, but uh, moving in, you know, moving away from Kane Hodder. I mean, we've had Kane Hodder for four straight films and then suddenly in comes Ken Kurzinger and uh, uh, there isn't a Jason get up a wardrobe and we've, talked about that as well with the masks and you know the clothing that he wears how it changes from film to film and it, it's always been like that and you know on one hand I guess that's okay you know you don't want to overthink things but at the same time it was such a drastic change this time um I mean yes Kurzinger you know a large individual and I mean certainly the physicality I mean he fulfilled that but uh the look here of, of Jason the clothes I mean they're just far too big I mean they just they don't fit him in any way shape or form I mean he just I've always thought that, you know, Kurzinger's uh, Jason was oafish and, you know, he was there more or less to be someone that Freddie could push around. And I mean, for people who are fans of Friday the 13th, that hasn't always been the case. I mean, we're used to seeing him be the badass. We're used to seeing him be the one who's, you know, kicking everybody all over the place and just, you know, wreaking havoc. And that's fine. I mean, you understand. I mean, I think when you touch on it, the idea that this was a kind of a nightmare in Elm Street film and then Jason was just in it, I think that that's, that's really true. I mean, I think that that's uh, the fact that, uh, you know, Freddie is, uh, he has this gregarious personality, you know, he just has this massive personality and that's why people love him so much. But he has the advantage, you know, that he does in fact speak and Jason doesn't. And so he was going to be the person who was going to drive that aspect of things away from the character's who are, you know, inhabiting this world. So on the one hand, I mean, I guess that makes sense, but just not used to seeing Jason be pushed around quite so easily and just kind of let around the way he was. But more than anything, my biggest criticism of the movie that uh, it was just, it really went down to casting. I mean, the, the script itself, you know, you listen to some of the dialogue and whatnot, you know, it's just one of those deals, but then you look at it as was that intentionally where were they trying to play up to kind of the cheesy aspect of the late eighties and whatnot and if that's the case, that's fine. But I just felt like the only person who was in the film who really was able to deliver the performance they were being asked to deliver was Robert Englund. I don't feel like anybody else really came through. 
And there are a number of people that have gone on to do other things. I mean, I think really most notably, I mean, you look at Catherine Isabel, I mean, you know, being an American Mary, she had a recurring role on the Hannibal TV series. So obviously she's gone on to do other things, but her role in this film was, you know, it was kind of a cookie cutter, you know, which we've seen with some of these horror films, you know, you've got, you've got the jock, you've got the cheerleader, you've got, you know, this, that, and the other thing. So I don't think she really got an opportunity to kind of spread her wings and show what she was capable of, but really England is so good. He's so fantastic. Uh, and in this film as well. And I think it just, it makes that those casting errors stand out more when you have someone that is as good as Robert Englund is. And then other people aren't able to kind of ping pong back and forth. They're not able to, to return his volley, so to speak. And I think that's what, for me, what really always stands out about this is that England towers and everybody else just kind of shows up and, it kind of hurts the film as a whole. But again, like I said, it's still a fun film. It's still enjoyable. And I'm still glad that it exists. Well, England, Robert England is phenomenal. And the the name just, it, it speaks for itself. We don't have to discuss his greatness. And you're exactly right that he is the highlight of the movie. There's absolutely no doubt. And I agree that the casting was weak outside of Christopher Marquette, Catherine Isabel, of course. Um, most of the casting with Friday films, we're not getting notable people. So if you look back at some of the eighties films and see the cast and the acting's not that great, but it works. And some of them went on to have illustrious careers and some of them really didn't do much else. So I just think that that particular group with all the other Friday movies and seeing some of the less experienced people put on good performances that they just didn't get the luck with that. And another thing that if you think about is now, you mentioned the word towering. So obviously in this film, Jason is towering over Freddie. So let's backtrack. And a lot of people were fucking irate that Kane Hodder was not Jason. So mm-hmm. let's think about some of the things that I had mentioned earlier with Kane's portrayal with the exaggerated movements, the labored breathing, just mm-hmm. the way that he carried himself as the character. Now, when you see Kane as Jason huffing and puffing, like he's going to blow your house down to me, like if Kane's portraying him the way that he would in all the other films, as soon as he's seen Freddie, it would be like, we're going to fucking fight right now. You're not going to stand here and call me names and use your, your stupid little one liners. Like we're going to fucking fight and it's going to happen now. So <laughs> I I don't think that unless they directed Kane to be a Frankenstein and say, no, we're not going to use your portrayal. You're going to be Frankenstein or you're not going to play the part. So would it look the same if Freddie was taunting Jason and Jason standing there with the, you know, with the Kane exaggerated uh, motions, I just don't think that would have looked right. It would have looked, you know, Jason would have looked like, yeah, I'm ready to kick your ass, but I'm going to stand here and take it. And we know that Jason doesn't do that. Right. So, Mm -hmm. I've talked with other people about that and I, that's, that was my thing with it is they pretty much had to have Jason be this dumbass standing there, just taking it or Freddie's one liners and his smart ass attitude. It just, I don't think it would have worked without, without them portraying Jason as a Frankenstein, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I mean, it wasn't until, I mean, I've, I've watched it numerous times and I watched it this last time and it wasn't until you brought that up to me when we were talking off air and whatnot. And it, it just kind of occurred to you that, for as long as we, you know, that idea has been out there that, you know, Kane has never really gotten an explanation as to why he didn't come back for Freddy versus Jason. And for as obvious as it is, and when you say it like that, it's so clear 
it's just it, it, it's, it seems to me that that that's why he didn't come back. It was for that very reason. They had an idea. This is the script they wanted to go with. This is the storyline and the direction they wanted to take. And Kane Hodder, for the way he portrayed the character through four films, there was no way that was going to jive. Now, the, the battle scenes and whatnot, that would have been fantastic. But like you said, he's not going to be that pushover. He's not going to be that oaf. He's not going to stand there and just be confused and, you know, let, you know, Freddie hurl all these things at him. That's not going to work. So they needed somebody that could be able to come in and be a pushover, someone who could kind of fulfill that role. And Kersinger was just, you know, the unfortunate recipient of that. And um, I mean, I, I think that that, that, that's, that's absolutely spot on. It really would not have worked because Kane's Kane's Jason is such a badass. You know, he's just so lethal. I mean, just like you said, the huffing and puffing, you know, blow the house down. That's exactly right. You know, he, he was just, he was just like a, it's like a dynamite everywhere he went, just blowing everything up. And that would not have worked in this scenario. It wouldn't have worked for this film. Right. And I've thought that before. And I, I mean, I've seen Kane, I don't know how many times, countless times. Matter of fact, you and I are going to see him in a couple weeks. And I think that I'm actually, I'm going to ask him that when we see him, because I've, I've thought yeah. it for a while and I've just never really, you know, really just kind of left it alone because there hasn't been much discussion with Freddie versus Jason or anything really up until the anniversary. And uh, I I've seen Kane recently too. And it, it just, like I said, something that I really haven't thought about, but I'm going to make it a point mask fest, Indianapolis coming up the weekend of August 25th. So just a couple weeks away. And we're going to ask him that and see, see what his thoughts are on that. Like I said, I, I know that, you know, there's never really been a specific reason or there's one person says this or one person says that, but I'm just wondering if, if maybe that's something that other people have said to him or maybe he thought to himself or maybe there's just something that's never been disclosed. So I think we'll just have to hit him with that information and see what he says. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. I, I Honestly, I think you're spot on about it. And I mean, in my mind, the whole reason I would think that maybe they didn't offer him an explanation is because when you think about it, how goofy on its face it is. I mean, it's really a weak thing, kind of like we're going to walk away. You're the, you've been the face of Jason. Ever, you know, fans love you, but we want Jason to be kind of, you know, weak, a little soft in this one. And we just don't think that, you know, that jibes with what you've done before. So we're going to move in another direction, you know, because you, you know how Kane is. He'd be like, why are you fucking kidding me? So, you know, maybe that's why they were just vague about it and never really wanted to talk about it because they didn't want, you know, for that to be out there because, you know, Kane's very outspoken. So, I mean, you know, if people ask him a question, he answers it. So maybe yeah. they don't want, you know, they don't want people to to hear that that was the ridiculous reason, but it makes perfect sense. I mean, that's my theory anyway. And it didn't bother me that Kane wasn't Jason. I mean, I, I would have, I really didn't care who was Jason because you're going to, you're going to act the character as you're directed to do. So if, even if Kane would have been Jason, Kane's not my, one of my favorite Jasons in the first place, as you know, I don't have a problem with Kane, but uh, if they would have said, you're going to be Ofish and this is how it's going to be portrayed, or you're not going to be, we're going to recast. I mean, then you have no choice. So right. in in the four films that he was in prior, directors let him portray the character as he saw fit. So he had free range, whereas he obviously wasn't going to get that in Freddy Versus. But I don't know, just a, a little theory. But like I said, I'm glad that we got the film and just some things that I've heard people talking about and other things that kind of I don't I'm not going to necessarily say that I have an issue with them, but. I hear people talk about that it's cartoonish and especially like Jason being treated like a pinball when he's in Freddy's world. But the thing is, is 
Freddie is he is does have that kind of cartoonish thing from from time to time the over the top you know he talks he's a smart ass so I can kind of see it both ways but I remember before the film came out and I was thinking to myself I I don't know I mean here's the thing if you put Jason in Freddie's world Jason should should lose right and you bring mm-hmm. Freddie in real life you would think there's no way Freddie's going to kick Jason's ass he's going to just totally destroy him so i'm thinking how are they going to accomplish this and then of course when we get to the fight scene people are like oh you know and if that would have been more real jason would have fucked him up it would have been no fight but they have to make it a fight or nobody's going to want to watch it's not going to be entertaining so i mean those are things that you kind of just have to take with a grain of salt and realize we just have to deal with these things because otherwise how, how in the hell do you put the two biggest horror icons on the same platform you have to do something in there and i want to give a, a, a shout out to dustin mcneil author of the book slash of the titans great book i think it's still available on amazon dustin was a guest on the show i think last year maybe a year and a half ago i really can't remember without going back through the episodes but if anybody wants to check it out just go to campbellpodcast.com scroll back through until you see the dustin mcneil slash the titans episode or go to amazon or do a google, google search whatever but anyways in that book covers some on the scripts that that never made it. Some of the ideas and scripts that would have been the film. And I'm not going to go into all that just because it will be here all night. But if anybody's interested, go check it out. And I would have liked to have seen some of those hit the screen rather than what we got. But then again, I'm just thankful that we got a film because it could have been worse. We couldn't have gotten one at all. And Mm -hmm. obviously that would have sucked. Right. Mm hmm. Well, absolutely. Like I said, I'm, I'm very happy that this film exists. I mean, I, I really am. And I think when people talk about that, that, this film, to do this, it had to be over the top. There had to be an element of cartoonishness to it because it's it's such a grand idea. Uh, you know, you have to go over the top. You have to go all in. You know, this this can't be subtle and you take it completely seriously. You know, it, it has to be something where this is just going to be rock and roll, a good time. And the idea is that people are going to go in there for an hour and a half, two hours and just enjoy the hell out of it. And that's exactly what it was. You know, it, I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, look, a film that's out right now, The Meg. I mean, you can look at it and, you know, well, it's not Jaws. Well, nothing is Jaws. You know, it, it's supposed to be larger than life. It's supposed to be just something that you go in and you, you have fun. And I mean, you think about it, you know, the cartoonishness, just to finish up a thought on that, what nightmare on Elm street was at the beginning, you talk, especially the original film. I mean, you know, Freddie, yes, he had some one-liners and he was sarcastic and funny, but I mean, he was very, very terrifying as well as the series went on, his personality became the driving force behind everything. And he, in a way, Freddie became a caricature of himself by the end of it. So that was exactly what they used for this movie. It was like, you know, we're just going to go in and Freddie is just going to be larger than life and it's going to be a good time and he's going to drive the vehicle. And that's exactly what we got. And, you know, it's still, a fun, you know, you still watch it, just sit back and smile and have a good time. That's what it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be anything more or less than that. Yeah, and that's that's very true. And the only people that I think are going to have issue with that movie is the super fans. Your basic horror fan that, yeah, they know who Freddy is. They know who Jason is. Okay. But they don't really know much else. And they go in and watch that movie. I think they absolutely love it. It's mm-hmm. the super fans like us. They're like, you know, what about this? What about that? They, right. uh, the wardrobe's fucking ridiculous or the mask is, you know, whatever. Uh, the way he moves. I mean, just, just throw everything under the bus. That's what the super fans do. And there's not enough super, super fans to fill up the box offices. 
they're mm-hmm. not the ones they're not the driving force behind where the bulk of the money comes from mm-hmm. that's just the that's the general fans that are is where the the big money comes from at least that right. that's my opinion because mm-hmm. otherwise horror conventions would be sold out all the way across the country everywhere you go you'd never be able to get in the door you see what i mean mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. That's that's what I'm saying is the movie obviously had a lot of popularity, but as far as people picking it apart and that that's that's what people like us do, you know, mm-hmm. that's my thoughts anyway. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, there's no question. I mean, it's just it's not unlike anything else. I mean, think about the new Halloween that's going to be coming out. In, you know, in October, think about it that we had last September. I mean, you have the hardcore horror fans that, you know, and a bulk of, you know, box office sales and whatnot are coming from them. But it's that idea that you have that crossover appeal now where there are people who aren't necessarily hardcore into a certain genre, but they see that and they they look at it and it's like, oh, that could be fun. You know, that could be a good time or that looks really good. And they go and that's where you see all of a sudden now a lot of that money is coming in because you have people that are going and being exposed to it that wouldn't go see every single thing that comes out that is horror related or is related to a certain franchise, but you get something, you catch their eye. You talk about like the Vegas way in and the marketing campaign for Freddie versus Jason that drew a lot of people in that were intrigued by the idea that maybe haven't seen every Friday the 13th or nightmare on Elm street film, but you have to do those kind of things because that's where you're going to make the money. Absolutely. And I think, some people they kind of look at the film if if they don't look at it for what it is it's it's kind of like jason goes to hell you're not going to see a bunch of people at camp crystal lake and see traditional friday fashion it's not it's 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 kind of similar to the nightmare fashion obviously but it's tweaked and the reason for that being is it has to be done in order to get these two people in the same film so mm-hmm you got to look at it with with some you know look at it objectively for the most part just so you can make it work otherwise if you're going to pick apart everything well, what they do teleport jason you know blah 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 and it's like you just got to watch it for what it is and uh-huh. otherwise you're just they can't make a film because it there's just too much going on it's a very busy film right so mm-hmm. at some point like like you said, you just have to go in the theater, get your popcorn, get your candy, whatever, sodas, and just enjoy seeing the two heavyweights go at it, bottom line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, essentially, you know, you go to the movie theater to be entertained. And that's really all you can ever ask. Maybe you think a film was, was going to be something different or you thought it was going to be a little bit better or they were going to attack it a different way. But all you can ever ask as someone who buys a movie ticket is when you leave, is that were you entertained? And that ultimately is the idea behind it. And I think whether you think it's great, you think it's average, you think it's shitty, whatever. I don't think there are a lot of people that could say they came out of Freddy versus Jason and hadn't been entertained in some way, shape or form. Exactly. And I like the way that you just mentioned that about going to the movies to be entertained. And on that note, we are going to move on to Jason goes to hell now, 25 years and this film just absolutely takes a beating. This and Jason X, of course, they just fucking get destroyed by a lot of fans. And we're going to get to meet Adam Marcus. I've I've spoke with Adam, but I've never actually got a chance to meet him. He doesn't do a lot of conventions, and I haven't been out his way to meet up with him or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, this movie just really just gets thrown under the bus. I mean, totally. So, first off, I would just like to say that I just really respect Adam for stepping outside the box. Now, granted, we had so many Friday films that people are so used to Friday fashion of Camp Crystal Lake and 
the teenagers are just getting slaughtered and rightfully so. I mean, that's what the majority of the films were. And at some point in time, I think that you had to expect that there was going to be something that was going to be different or some sort of trying to explain. Now, earlier I said, Freddy versus Jason was a busy movie and it was, but for different, for different reasons, this movie is super busy. Very, very busy film, but I commend Adam for following through. And of course, Sean Cunningham telling him, uh, get rid of the hockey mask and all that shit. And it's just like, he's kind of put in a spot because if I'm the director and, and I'm being told to get rid of the hockey mask, number one, I already know that that's going to piss off the fans. That's what they're so used to seeing. So, Mm -hmm. but he didn't, he didn't really do that. He, he did in the essence of, we don't see Jason as much as we would in other Friday films, but Jason still had the hockey mask. Right. So this is one of those films that it's kind of like Halloween three. You just have to watch it objectively. And if you do, most people I think would say Halloween three is a good film, regardless of not having Michael Myers in it. Some people will say, well, Halloween three fucking sucks. It's not a Myers film. Well, yeah, it's not. So, but if you go into Jason goes to hell, no, and just watch it for what it is, then back to your uh, thought of you go to the theater to be entertained. And where do you think this film stands as far as that's concerned with all things considered? I've come to really appreciate Jason goes to hell more. Uh, I remember the first time seeing it, you know, when it had come out again, I hadn't gone to the, to the theater to see it, like I had mentioned, but I'd rented it and I was very, very excited about it because, you know, their marketing campaign for it is, you know, it's going to be the final Friday. And, you know, the person who created the first was coming back to give us the last. And, you know, I thought, well, this is fantastic and watch the trailer and get excited. And I remember, you know, I was a little disappointed. I just felt like it, it really, it didn't hit the kind of notes. I think it's the epitome of, to me, what the Kane Hodder era was. Kane Hodder delivered, it was just kind of like Robert England and Freddie versus Jason. He nailed it. The rest of it maybe didn't always follow through. Hodder was always great. The movies that he was in, with the exception of, you know, uh, The New Blood, you talk about, they were all fantastic ideas that were just poorly executed. Jason Takes Manhattan, fantastic idea. They just It just didn't hit the mark. Jason Goes to Hell, fantastic idea. Maybe didn't hit the mark. Jason X, I mean, that's kind of a whole different thing. I've come to appreciate that as well. You know, just like I said, as a kind of a B-movie, have a good time. But what I always take away from Jason Goes to Hell is, Maybe from start to finish, it's a little discombobulated. Like you said, it's very convoluted. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of things to kind of kind of keep track of. But what always stands out to me is I try to go watch, every, even if I don't enjoy a film as a whole, I look, what are the aspects of it that I can enjoy? And Jason Goes to Hell has a tremendous amount of things that you can cling to to say, that was really, really good. I love the open. You know, the fact of, you know, luring Jason in and entrapping him. I, I thought that that was a great idea. I love that John D. LeMay was in it. He had been in the Friday the 13th TV series, which is a completely different thing. But I just thought that that was fantastic that when I was younger, I got confused on that and thought that Friday the 13th TV series, I was so excited about it and watched it for 10, 15 minutes and wonder what the hell was going on before I realized it has nothing to do with Camp Crystal Lake. But so it was just that for me anyway, it was like kind of an inside joke. I personally am a big fan of Creighton Duke. I find his character very entertaining. You know, and then the fact that, you know, we get a glance shot of the Necronomicon, the way the film ended. Uh, you had alluded to it earlier with Freddy's hand coming up out of the ground and pulling the mask down into hell. There are a lot of aspects of Freddy, or excuse me, uh, Jason Goes to Hell that are just fantastic and highly entertaining. That even if you think as a whole, you know, it kind of struggled a little bit. I can't say that I, I, I hate it just because those things were so good in my mind that, you know, that's what I always look at is, you know, 
for a movie that a lot of people think really stinks, there are four or five things you can just sit there and smile about. I'm like, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And like, for example, I'm not huge or I'm not necessarily a big fan of the supernatural type movies. Now I'm not saying that I didn't watch stranger things or I haven't watched any supernatural type movies, but that's just generally not really my thing. So I would have liked to have seen a different route mm-hmm. rather than the, the supernatural with the body swapping and all that, which um, obviously there is some supernatural ish going on uh, starting with part six, because Jason is resurrected as a zombie. And obviously there's some, some supernatural aspect there. So I, I get it, but that's uh, zombies and supernatural there. There's kind of, it's kind of the same, but it's different if that makes any sense. So mm-hmm. with, with the body swapping, I'm not going to say that it, that it ruins the film for me, but I'm just not a big fan of that idea. I would have liked to have seen something different, but some things that I've heard others say just the other day, someone had said, uh, Creighton Duke. They're like, that's, it, it's like, there's no backstory. It's like, how the hell this guy just shows up all of a sudden he's an expert on Jason Voorhees. We've never fucking heard of him before. And it's like, well, you, you have to make your own theory on that. Maybe he was just kind of hiding out. Who knows? But I get people's thought processes on all of a sudden. We never heard anything about this guy. And then all of a sudden, boom, there he is, this expert on Jason. And we, we need a Vor, you know, we need a Voorhees, blah, blah, blah. And the dagger and this, that and the other. And it's all this stuff that just adds to the busyness of the film. So it's one of those things where you just kind of have to say, yep, it's just he showed up out of the blue for whatever reason and just go with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, the only time I mean, I, I wasn't involved because uh, I believe Stephen Williams has been on the show, hasn't he? I, I just don't think I was uh, a part of that one. But uh, I had. Oh, no, he has not. He, he has, has not. not. However, okay. no. But I have spent some time with Stephen over the last yeah. couple of years, several times, actually. And great guy. And he has said that he would come on the show. It's just a matter of scheduling. But mm-hmm. I think I think uh, this uh, anniversary year would be the perfect time to have him on. So maybe that's something that I can get arranged here in the near future. Yeah, that'd be great. But I mean, the only other time I, I had any interaction with him was at a whorehound in Cincinnati a few years back. And, you know, we started talking a little bit about Jason goes to hell. And he said, you know, people have all these theories and these things that they talk about. And at a certain point, it's he's like, it's a movie. He's like, you know, and I really, it really came back to that idea of, you know, the suspension of disbelief. It's like, instead of trying to figure out where he came from, how he figured all these things out, where he fit into this whole scenario, you just look at the character for what it was. And it was just like we talked about earlier. It's entertaining. You know, I mean, he really did a good job with the character. You know, he, he, he made you squirm. He made you wonder, you know, you know, he was, it was just that kind of, kind of the idea of, you know, where the hell did this guy come from? But as a character, alone i mean it, it was a very intriguing you know addition to the movie and i think that you know it was really something i think that he, people either love it or hate it but the fact that people still talk about creighton duke says a lot about the stroke of genius of putting him in the movie i mean we're talking about 25 years later and people are still either smiling or bitching about creighton duke and i, I think that's a fantastic thing for the franchise Absolutely. And then the talk of having a, a film about backstory on Creighton Duke. So, yeah, there's definitely the interest there. And Stephen Williams is a phenomenal actor, and he was definitely a great addition to that movie. And uh, like I said, hopefully I can get him to come on the show. And it, it's funny because he had mentioned uh, before about that he he wanted to keep the hat from the film and didn't end up getting to keep it or whatever. So I'll 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 save that though for, yeah. for when he does come on and let him tell that story. So 
but yeah, I mean, I can see some of the issues that people have with it, but once again, it, it's us super fans that are going to pick things apart. It's either the movie, it works for you or it doesn't. And I have friends that it's their favorite film. It's their first one that they've seen and it's near and dear to them for that reason. And I've actually watched it for the first time with some friends who had never seen it. And they looked at me and they're like, what the fuck was that? And they, they had, so they had some knowledge on Friday a little bit. They had seen some of the other movies, but they just didn't care for it at all. So mm-hmm. I said, maybe down the road you watch it a few times and it might be something that that grows on you. Like I said, the dagger and the supernatural side of it, it's not really for me I would like to have seen different ideas in there, but Mm -hmm. I'm not, that doesn't ruin the film for me by any means. There's, there is a lot of cool stuff that goes on in the film. So, but like you had mentioned before that you didn't like the, uh, the Freddie versus look of Jason. Mm -hmm. And I'm not really a fan of the, the look of Jason and Jason goes to hell with the mechanics basically looks like a mechanics uniform and the tucked in shirt like that. And all the padding that they put on Kane, it doesn't even look like the Kane that we've seen in other, we've seen in other films because it, it's bulked him up and kind of looked, looks a little, you know, a little thick compared to other Jason's. And of course I like the idea of the mask growing into the head and the head kind of overtaking. But then I think the, the bumps on the top, the hemorrhoid looking bump things on the top are a little bit exaggerated. So, yeah. but I mean, that's the super fan in me and, and, and of course my opinion too. So it, right. it's just one of those things where you kind of look at it and you're like, eh, I don't really like that look at Jason. Whereas me, I don't, I don't dislike the, the versus look at all, but there's the people that do. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, it's just things and opinions that differ amongst us. And that's the great thing about the Friday franchises. We have so many films, so many looks, so many portrayals and endless things to talk about. Mm -hmm. I think you touched on, I mean, that's the ultimate point. I think, you know, you're someone who makes a point all the time to talk about how everyone has their opinion and this is what I think and other people feel differently and that's perfectly fine. And I think that's the best way to look at it. But what you had said earlier about Freddy versus Jason, I mean, the fact that, you know, you're 21 and you're getting to see it in the theater for the first time and what that meant to you. And uh, so for the people who really do love Jason goes to hell or whatever the case may be, maybe it is the first Friday film they saw or the first Friday film they saw in a theater or whatever it is. When people truly love something, it's either because the movie itself is so fantastic or it was where they were in their life, the memory, the personal memory they have that connects them to it. And that's something you can never take away from anybody. So when somebody says Jason goes to hell is their favorite or Jason takes Manhattan, there are people out there who think those movies are absolute dog shit. But for those people, it means something because of where they were in their life at the time. And that's something that people should always respect. And and I do. I mean, there are plenty of Friday entries that I'm not crazy about, but I respect them and can appreciate them and, and certainly don't disrespect anybody who happens to love them because I know they have their own reasons for that. Absolutely. And I'm definitely looking forward to shaking Adam Marcus's hand coming up here at Horrorhound. Uh, like I said, uh, Lando and I, we will be there. And if uh, you see the guys walking around wearing the Return to Camp Blood podcast t-shirts, we just got t-shirts done. They are now available as of today, actually, as of this recording. They are available at slasher-tees.com. You can find a direct link on our Facebook page at Camp Blood Pod, $13 a piece, and you can get on there and buy your own. Uh, if you want to support the show, please do, and we thought $13 was a fitting price. So, like I said, if you see a, a couple of us walking around with the shirts, come say hey, 
and we're going to be talking to some fans and of course talking with some of the alumni when we're there so if you see us and you want to say hey feel free we love chatting friday with everybody so other than that uh like i said Stephen williams is a possibility for the show i have been in contact with him so for the Jason goes to hell fans. That is definitely a possibility for future things. So other than that, check out the t-shirts, uh, give them a share. We'd appreciate that. And uh, I think that wraps up another episode, unless you have any final thoughts there, Orlando. No, the only thing I have to say about Stephen Williams, he's one of those rare actors that doesn't age. He looks the same as he did 25 years ago. So if Anything ever True. comes up where we do get a fan film or a studio film that's going to be about, you know, the backstory or some continuation of the Creighton Duke. Stephen Williams can play the damn part. You don't have to find another actor. He can still do it because the guy can still pass for a much, much, much younger man. So uh, that's just a, a little rambling thought there. But I've always thought that is like you don't have to worry about finding anybody else. He can still do it. Absolutely. I can totally agree with that one. He is aging very well. And I'm not going to mention any names, but I've also been in talks with some others who were in Jason Goes to Hell also. And I'll just leave it at that. So for the Jason Goes to Hell fans, you might have some of the cast members join us on the show here in the near future. So, but yeah, if you happen to be at MaskFest, definitely uh, check, come over, say hey. And if you want to chat Friday, we'd be more more than willing to uh, talk about whatever you want or to listen to any of your thoughts or suggestions. But that wraps up another episode of Return to Camp Blood. So please rate and review wherever the hell you listen to the show at. Check us out on Facebook at Camp Blood Pod or our website, campbloodpodcast.com. Until next time.